0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Daniel Stuttweiner about creating resilience throughout your entire organization. Daniel Stutvojner, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you very much, Jonathan. A pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, and welcome from Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, Such a pleasure to have a chance to talk with you. It's morning here in Utah, evening in Zurich. Um, I always love these international conversations, and it's been a lot of fun chatting with you just in the pre-interview, getting to know you a little bit. And uh, a, a little bit more about your your background and your personal uh, context. Uh, today, we're going to be focusing on creating resilience throughout your entire organization, uh, particularly focusing on frontline employees, but really how it how it goes up and down the hierarchy and how important that is, uh, particularly in times uh, of crisis, uh, times of for example, a global pandemic that we happen to be in the middle of, and we're seeing spikes around the world. Um, so I think it's, it's very, very important. As we get started, I just wanted to share Daniel's bio with everyone. Daniel is chief customer officer and co-founder of Beekeeper, a secure mobile first operational communications platform for frontline teams. By providing real-time unified communications, Beekeeper keeps everyone at the company aligned across shifts, departments, locations, and languages. Daniel is passionate about helping businesses operate more efficiently. He has a background in applied mathematics and more than eight years of experience in sales and customer success. Uh, that's that's awesome, awesome background. That uh, sounds like you guys are doing some really great work. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about Beekeeper um, and, and your platform and how you're, you're helping uh, frontline teams. Uh, and also maybe a little bit about how you got to where you're at moving from, you know, background and degrees in applied mathematics, you know, towards what you're currently doing.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Jonathan, for for the intro. And at Beekeeper, we are a mobile-first platform that actually helps organizations digitally enable their frontline. Um, And I feel the frontline has uh, become a very important topic this year, especially during COVID, when we started speaking about the essential workers. And many people actually don't have this in mind, but 80% of the world uh, workforce is actually working in the front line. So when we talk about human capital, often we focus a lot on the desktop workers, and we think of industries like financial sector, or um, tech sector, technology, and so on. But actually, if we think during COVID, those industries that really had to continue operating, like food processors, grocery stores, um, anything that is essential, even like some retailers like pharmacies and um, the postal service. These are industries where 80% of the human capital is in the front line. And what does it mean? It means that in many cases, they don't have a corporate email address. So communicating with them is very difficult, especially if they cannot be all together in the same place. Now with social distances, we see area that is changing radically. So what we do at Beekeeper is actually help this organization go through the digital journey and provide a digital identity to the frontline so they can work more efficiently. And of course, communication is part of that because teams need to collaborate, but it's really about making their life easier and their their jobs giving them access to the information they need so they can work efficiently and being able to collaborate with their teammates so that's uh, what we do at beekeeper we've been doing that for almost 10 years uh, we are headquartered in zurich uh, where i'm based but we have offices in the us in san francisco and we have a global presence we we have more than um we're present in more than 150 countries so yeah, it's very exciting to be talking about this topic of um, resilience in, in in the in the workplace, especially
0: now with COVID. As many things have changed. Great, thank you, thank you for that background to the company. Um, and if you don't mind, I know I know you aren't inclined to spend a lot of time talking about yourself, but um, just what's what's your personal path, say in two minutes or less, of going from applied mathematics into Executive leadership within an organization
1: totally so I studied math because I think it's I mean it's one of the most pure uh, in, in sciences and I always been passionate about solving problems and solving uh, challenges that's why I decided to do it and I think when you study math as many other natural sciences you can apply it to anything in life and um, I became very passionate about yeah solving um, the um, efficiency issues that organizations have um, when it comes to uh, working together as a team and making sure that everyone has access to um, the resources they need to, yeah, to elevate their organizations. And when we think that 80% of the people, uh, I mean, it's the, the majority of your people is such a big asset that you have there and that could become your competitive advantage is the people you have and how you leverage them. So I I became passionate about that topic and and I'm I'm one of the co-founders of the company. We started um, working together 10 years ago when we realized, wow, how come no one is really taking care of the frontline? So we started developing technology for the frontline and yeah, now we are uh, globally
0: active. Wonderful. And uh, my wife who is a math professor would appreciate your uh, love of applied mathematics, um, so I'm, she'll probably enjoy listening to this episode uh, because of, of that background. Wonderful, and I and I love it. I love I love seeing interdisciplinarity. I love seeing people connect disparate fields um, to drive success. And I completely agree. I think I think um, the sciences have a lot to offer to the world of business, uh, and and we we probably need to spend a little bit more time figuring out how to better leverage. Um, uh, some of those elements and people who have diverse types of training. But, anyways, thank you for sharing that. Um, okay, so let's let's open it up to resilience a little bit more now. Um, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Uh, currently, we're in we're in late October as we the day we're recording this, and we're seeing spikes around the world. We're seeing spikes in the U.S. Uh, in Utah. There's spikes. Uh, we're at hospital capacity already. Um, I know you were saying in the pre-interview how, how much things are spiking in Switzerland and in Zurich. Um, you know, I, I think that's on top of kind of so broad social unrest, political unrest in many parts of the world. Um, it's a tough, tough time. So resilience is probably as important as it's ever been um, that, that we can we can approach things in a positive, productive way while not burying the challenges and difficulties that we're having. What, what have you been able to do both within your team, but also through your platform and reaching out to frontline workers to help with this resilience issue uh, and help organizations respond to the challenges that we're facing, for example, with the pandemic?
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. and. Um... When the pandemic started, um, I mean, it was a big disruption for everyone, and and I think resilience is also very important to build it, especially during uncertain times. Um, And what we supported our customers to and make sure that companies could Achieve is having a direct line of communication with all their employees to be able that they can share guidance on how to navigate through that. what most of the employees are looking is certainty uh, and they need to have a clear message what we saw is and th- these are these are stories that we heard from many of, of the companies working with us but some of the o- of the companies in food production they had to shut down or they thought they had to shut down because of the number of cases that they had in the plants and then they had to inform the employees okay you don't need to come to work tomorrow and and then suddenly there is um, a a, a national decision that we need to continue operating because everyone wants to eat meat or whatever it is, and then the workers do need to come to work. And imagine how you do that when you have thousands of employees that you cannot directly connect because you don't have an email to send them or you need to start calling one by one. And these are actually stories that we heard from, from, from the companies working with us where they had to start calling employee by employee to let them know, hey, you know what, tomorrow, we're going to have the plant closed, shut down, you cannot come to work. And then an hour later, hearing the news that they need to operate, calling them again. So this creates a lot of uncertainty with the employees. And then it's also difficult to understand, okay, what should we be doing? And many people are missing their shifts, what's happening. So I think it's very important to have that basis, that framework that will allow you to connect everyone, to give clear guidance. There are also very interesting research in the U.S. where we heard that employees trust more their employers than, than the government on the directions they need to get. So it's extremely important that there the employers play this role of um, connecting with, with their uh, employees and give them that guidance that they need. For resilience, I think there are different things that play play a role. In general, I will think about the employer value proposition, how they uh, put that together to build a resilient workforce. And the value proposition from the employer should have um, topics related to growth, how you're developing your workforce, how you make sure they have fun at work, how you recognize them, how you reward them but it's also very important to give them stability. And I think that was the most important thing during during COVID, giving them stability and making sure that they know what's going on, they know what they need to do and how they need to do it. And having um, a, a way of finding that out directly from their managers, ideally on a digital way where they live, I mean, everyone today is spending their time on their smartphones. It's one of the most efficient ways we've seen and um, we noticed how different reacted organizations that were working with us before the pandemic started where they already had this baseline and organizations that we onboarded after the pandemic started because they realized they need to have a solution in place to be able to connect and manage uh, and run the operations with, with our frontline from stories that they told us and it was really uh, night and day. So we see that is really a direction that companies are going in order to to build a resilient workforce and make sure that they can navigate through the pandemic um, efficiently
0: you know and i and I think about um, those logistical challenges of, of just trying to have that communication with, like you said, 80% of workers um, who are on the front lines and, and many um, many who are seen as essential workers, right, that they, they need to be there during a pandemic. Um, and so there's concerns, though, about safety and health that, you know, if, if you're working in a factory or a meat processing plant, there's always concerns about safety and health. But not because of a pandemic, and so so now you're having heightened levels of concern and, and trying to reassure people. And the point that you you made about um, workers in the U.S. trusting their employers more than the government in terms of um, steps to be taken and how to follow things that that is absolutely true. It's unfortunate, but true. And so that means that leaders have to step up to the plate and provide transparent information, um, they need to maintain trust with their people um, and, and probably over communicate to make sure that everyone is getting to the same page and, and people feel supported as they're going through these unprecedented times. Uh, and that's, that's not easy work for a leader to do um, because it is disruption, it is change. I know organizations that I've been working with and I'm a professor, so even at my home university, um, just seeing the massive amount of disruption that's come from um, campuses shutting down and moving to online instruction, um, it 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 changed everything, and and overnight almost, you know, we we had to pivot, and that that's a big load for leaders to carry. So part of this whole idea of creating cultures and environments of resilience with our workers, particularly for frontline workers, it also comes back to what is leadership doing to create those opportunities. And maybe you can share if there's if there's examples that you've done with your own organization, um, or maybe just in supporting other organizations through your platform, what, what have you seen to be successful steps for leaders within organizations, complex organizations, trying to help create this resilience kind of environment?
1: Yeah, and I can share, I mean, something that applies to my organization and also the companies I work with, and I think you, you, you touched on that, is really over communicating and making sure that everyone has access to the information and clarity on what's going on. It's very different for my organization because it's we're all desktop workers, we all have access to laptops, so we can all work remotely, it's different and and we can connect and I mean the team started to have daily stand-ups so virtual daily stand-ups of course to connect via zoom that's the the, the software we use and um, and make sure that they could have these daily touch points to know what's going on and then once a week we will have a meeting with our CEO to share the stories of the week to make sure that people didn't lose that connection and knew what was happening in the organization, especially in a company like us, where I always say that a week at Beekeeper feels like a month at any other organization because we are such a fast growing company. And um, so it was very important to have these activities. We also created like virtual a coffee time for people to connect and make sure they stay in touch. This is completely different when you think of a frontline organization where most of these jobs, people cannot work remotely. They need to go to work. But suddenly, there are new regulations or new procedures they need to follow. And it's extremely important to over-communicate them, to tell them, okay, now the capacity at the plant floor is gonna be instead of 1,000 people, we're gonna need to reduce to 600. And how can we now try to deliver the same output with less people? or the funny thing that we heard from funny interesting or funny but they wanted to remove the 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 bulletin boards in 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 the factories because that was a place where people were congregating and they thought this could be a place where actually people can spread the virus so moving them to digital communication to make sure that everyone can get access to the information at any point in time no matter if they were in the plant or not on that day but make sure that they don't lose that and they know exactly what are the new health and safety procedures because that was also one of the most important things and i i I think also ties back to resilience uh, where the employer is ensuring the the health and safety of uh, their employees and employees want to make sure that uh, they're being taken care of and by giving that guidance and making sure that the procedures are getting adjusted accordingly to this pandemic that was something key that we saw uh, from from the organizations
0: we we collaborate with. Yeah, excellent. Thanks for sharing that. And I've seen similar things here in the U.S. Um, and I've I've well, and I've heard many stories and experiences uh, of leaders and organizations where it, it hasn't gone so well, <laughs> uh, where where the communication wasn't clear, where people didn't feel safe. Um, where uh, where leaders weren't able to pivot themselves in terms of what their focus was on. And it seems like the common thread in a lot of those stories um, and experiences has been the ability for leaders to show genuine empathy towards their people. Um, in times of resilience, if, if you need to... Um, reassure people, help them feel safe, help them feel supported, respond, help them respond to not just workplace turmoil or challenges, but also things in their personal life. Maybe they're caring for an elderly parent who is immunocompromised, or they have small children who can't go to school now and they're trying to juggle um, childcare. Um, You know, these are challenges that, real challenges that people are facing that will feed into their experience in the workplace. And and some leaders just have a better capacity towards empathy than others, um, and it seems like those leaders who have been able to show real, genuine empathy have been able to create more supportive, um, resilient types of environments where people can like take time to sit in their grief, in their struggles, in their pain, um, but then find a way to 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 move on and 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 use it. Use the challenges as a stepping stone, so to speak. And and I guess ultimately it comes down to that: some humility on the part of the leader, some empathy on the part of the leader. And I wonder how that fits with your experience.
1: I I completely agree. And I mean, some, some interesting stories. We we work a lot also with the hospitality sector and and with the food services. A lot of restaurant chains work with us. Where at the beginning these were and still many of them are uh, were hit really really hard i mean many hotels had to shut down and forward employees for restaurants that really depended some of them saw a spike in activity because of the, the food delivery so actually they had the opportunity to to uh, grow their businesses others had also to shut down and there what we saw the difference in the leaders how they reacted to their uh, employees their forward employees and also the, the, the people they had to lay off and how they also continue communicating with them to make sure that uh, they had everything they needed, that they stay in contact in case business um, started to pick up again and they could come back to work. So the empathy of the leader, I think it's something also very important for, for building uh, resilience. And we saw how that played differently uh, depending on yeah the type of leader that each organization has. But what was really nice, what we saw in many cases is that um, the leadership team were over communicating and taking care of of everyone not only the people that stay but also the forward employees so they could then uh, know that when they could come back to work and make sure that yeah that they were incentivized to come back when things were returning back to normal which was the case now with the second way we need to see how that plays but um, really really supporting their employees also with the ones that they had to lay off providing them with the forms um, digitally, uh, also in this case, through, through Beekeeper, so they could apply for a certain support from the government and, and so on. So really taking care of everyone, because I think, as I mentioned before, uh, and, and, and this is your space, but I mean, human capital is the most precious that an organization has, and really taking care of, of, of the people that uh, make your organization work is, is, is extremely important. And we saw a lot of empathy during, during this crisis. I think it brought people together
0: uh,
1: against the common enemy, which in this case is this virus. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Daniel, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today. Uh, We're about out of time, but before we close, I just wanted to give you a chance to give the final word and also share with listeners how they might get connected with you, find out more about Beekeeper. Um, and anything else you would like to share um, as we wrap things up today?
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Jonathan. So our contact is beekeeper.io. So you can find us online at beekeeper.io, or you can give us a call at 844-423-3533. If you are looking for a way of uh, driving more business agility, because you have a large number of employees that don't have access to a corporate email address or don't work behind a computer, we can help you. We can really walk you through the digitization of your organization and making sure that you can digitize a lot of your processes and bring operational efficiency to your organization so they can better collaborate and really uh, make sure that your people become your competitive advantage. By providing them with all the tools and information they need through beekeeper, and at the end, yeah, digitally enabling them
0: to be more successful. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much, Daniel. It's really been a pleasure. Uh, and you know I wish you and your organization the best as you continue uh, on, and as as you said, as you continue to grow and scale and support businesses, it's it's really important work that you're doing. And I hope you personally and, and everyone within your organization and within your country are able to, to stay safe and healthy. And hopefully globally, we can kind of come back together you know, during this second wave. Um, and really in the US, we're kind of in our third wave at the moment. Um, that we, we, you know, we can do this as we, as we um, are committed to each other and protecting the most vulnerable among us. Uh, and I, I truly believe we can, we can beat this virus, uh, and we can come out stronger for it. So thank you. Um, and for everyone listening again, I appreciate you joining us today. I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.